This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off using the code SWN20 for that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined. Yes, you can see two guests, which always goes well when I do these interviews. I am joined by one of the the fastest growing tag teams in Scottish wrestling right now. It's Brody Turnbull and Jake Lawless. It's Arcade Violence. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Billy. Nice to be here. I'm I'm excited to have you guys on. Like, like I said just before we recorded, just excited to have you on because you are you you pretty much are the one of the most exciting tag teams. Right now, there's a there's a good group of tag teams coming up all over the country from mm. from where I am in the northeast and and down the central belt as well. There's a good good array of different kind of teams, so it's good to have you guys guys on. How's how's it going today? I think I can speak for you as well, Brody. When I say we're both pretty sore today, yeah, bit of a bit of a stiff one last night. Aye. Um... Brody's got a bad arm. I've got a bad hand. We had a bit of a war with uh, the young team, not for the first time, and unfortunately came away on the losing end of that. Again, not for the first time. So we're uh, licking our wounds a little bit today, but you know we we regroup and reset and go at it again. So for those unaware, because it'll be sometime in September, uh, this is just been recorded the day after ICW Fight Club so the match I'm assuming will already be out on Fight Plus if if it's not then something's gone very wrong at someone's end uh, but uh, yeah so quite a war which we'll definitely touch on because I've got a list of kind of your opponents ish uh, and young team crops up quite a lot in different promotions so we'll we'll definitely get onto that let's go right back to the start then the most cliched question you're ever going to get asked on a podcast is how you got into wrestling so who wants to take it first Brody, I'll let you go first, man. Yeah, yeah, for me, um goes back to 2019. Um, I was pretty heavy. I weighed 24 stone and I wasn't in shape, but I was a big wrestling fan. So at the end of 2019, I flew out to Japan um, for the January 4th show in Tokyo. Um, always been a big fan of Japanese wrestling, so I decided I'd head out there for that show. And it was in that show I decided that I, I wanted to make a shot at becoming a wrestler. So I came home, started working out, got into shape, and then started wrestling. Pretty, pretty much it. You make it sound all so easy uh, <laughs> from that point. I just went to, uh, you know went to Japan, became a wrestler. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and then, Jake, we'll, we'll go back into like how you became a fan. But yeah, for yourself, how did you yeah, get into wrestling as well? Yeah, so uh, for me, it was, um, again, I've a fan since the age of maybe nine or ten. Uh, I remember when I got into my late teens, early twenties. Uh, so it was a little thing at the back of my mind, you know, sort of what if, like, could I do it? Could I, could I give that a go? And I always dismissed it as this pretty, pretty stupid um, fantasy. And then uh, ended up spending most of my twenties in music, but. Uh, I came back to Scotland and then in the first major COVID lockdown, that voice at the back of my head about wrestling was just getting louder and louder and louder. And I think like a lot of people during that during that first major lockdown when everything came to a halt, I think a lot of people reevaluated how they were how they were spending their time and what they were doing with their life and what direction they were going in, blah blah blah. And then uh one night I watched the documentary you cannot kill David Arquette, and uh, that was that was the trigger. Like about an hour after I watched that documentary, I sent an email out to a couple of wrestling schools. Um, I actually knew very little about the scene at that point, so I sent an email out to a couple of different schools, and then eventually a couple got back to me, and one thing led to another, and then I went for my first one to one meeting with uh, Wolfgang. Uh, Iron Girders Gym with the intention of uh, just getting good enough to wrestle one match and then I could tick it off the bucket list and then it just became way way more than that sort of snowballed and then uh, and here we are basically but 
very long story short, um, it's all down to David Arquette. There you go. There's the quote for the episode. Um, I'll come back to that. So, so uh, Brody, so we spoke about you just you, you went to Japan and to see a show, thought that's it, I'm going to become a wrestler, get fit. Um, was it always Japanese wrestling you got into, or was it WWF or WWE? I, I don't know how old you are, guys. I'm assuming way younger than I am. But uh, what was the, what was your kind of nucleus for getting to be a fan of actual of the wrestling itself? So no, it was back in the late nineties for me um, as a kid. Again, WCW mainly, and then oh. when WCW folded, started watching WWF. Right. Okay. So world, was it worldwide or or, car, or when Cartoon Network shut off and became TNT? I just remember watching it was it Channel 4 or 5 I remember watching it on a Friday night Channel 5 yeah Channel 5 yeah um, I, I, I think it may have been like a condensed episode they didn't show the full episode of Nitro it was like it was like kind of cut it was like you know the edited shows they do yeah I remember it, it was really edited um, and I just got into wrestling through that loved Sting loved Goldberg all the usual guys when you're a kid and then you know my, my real my kind of most intense memories of early wrestling is probably from the invasion angle that's when I was really starting to become aware of you know what wrestling really was so kind of that time period i've got really fond memories of yeah that's it i mean people um they don't like invasion for whatever reason but sue for yourself as well it, it's that's when i started getting to know these people because i was 11 yep. when invasion happened so that's that's when i was seeing all new faces all this cool wrestling and and yeah, it's all a nice little nostalgia point i mean i, I didn't care that i didn't see sting because i've only seen sting on worldwide even then yeah. it was it was uh the big Batman kapow things when the chair shot happened. So, you know, I wasn't. Yeah, I've got very fond memories of when NWO went to WWF as well. I thought I thought that was cool at the time. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that as well. The, the invasion nowadays, obviously, in hindsight, gets kind of slated. But at the time, watching it, even though it wasn't the big WCW names, it felt massive to me. It felt like a really big deal, you know. That's it. I'm sorry. I missed a little bit of that, but I'll, I'll get it when I. It's, can you hear me okay? Just because my headset died. Yeah, we've got you. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah, we were just saying to, to both of us, the invasion angle is something we remember fondly. Right. Someone's determined not to be able to hear this story. Hang on. <laughs> oh, I love technology. Right, okay. I'm just going to just change to this this snazzy headset instead. Uh, but we do keep these in because I... Editing, right? Hang on, microphone. There we go. Hear me, all right? Yeah, we've got you. Excellent. Right, cool. Leave this here for the aesthetic. Right, yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah worldwide invasion is all cool because we got to see all these new faces. We'll move move on from that because I think that some out of worldly thing is determined for me not to hear that story. Um, right. Okay. So. There we go. Excellent. Right, moving on then. So, 2001 then, 2002, Jake, was it about the same time for yourself? Uh, again, I'm terrible with ages. Was that around about the same time for you? Well, I think we're probably about the same age, man. Uh, it was about 99 I started watching properly. Uh, unlike Brody, though, I was just straight in with um, WWF. So, I had watched at a friend's house a couple of like VHS tapes of WCW PPVs I was aware of it as an entity mm-hmm. but I found WWF for whatever reason was like way more accessible for me yeah um, so yeah it was about it was about 1999 and then um, it's been almost constant uh, ever since that I sort of dipped I think like a lot of people our age experience like I kind of dipped out of watching it for a little spell you begin to relate less to the product or to the wrestlers on TV and things. Um, and then, and now, now I watch more wrestling than I ever have uh, before. So, yeah, fully back into it. And what's amazing when you were talking about, like, just not being aware of the Scottish scene, uh, which, I mean, if everyone is aware, they should go to swnscotland.com. But uh, if, if you were aware of the Scottish scene at the time, uh, so you, you wouldn't have known about Wolf, wouldn't known too much about Wolfgang being uh, in NXT UK, and they would have just been kind of in that kind of realm, just about NXT or his, or his reputation in Scotland. So you would have went in with fairly fresh mindset of no starstruckness about him. I th- yeah, I think that's kind of fair. Like I was aware of a few names um, because of NXT UK, and I was obviously aware of ICW. Uh, 
fact, I was living in Leeds when ICW uh, toured and played. I think ICW put an event on at the O2 in Leeds uh, while I was living there. I was aware of ICW and that whole story and what they'd achieved and the Hydro stuff and was fully aware of that. But in terms of the... I would say, like, in terms of the infrastructure of the Scottish scene, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know about the schools. I didn't know who was coaching and how accessible that was. Uh, but I was aware of Wolfgang. <laughs> but the first time that I went to Girders for my, my very first one-to-one -one with him, uh, it was in the just that little first window where the COVID uh, lockdown was relaxed a little bit. So... He came to the door, he had a beanie hat on and he had a mask. I had no idea it was him until about halfway through and then he mentioned something about NXT and then it just clicked and I was like, oh, all right. And all of a sudden felt the pressure level uh, escalate substantially. But yeah, I was aware of the bigger names and, and also all the ICW stuff, but in terms of the the grassroots stuff and the infrastructure, I didn't really have a clue. So so for yourself, Brody, you said you just, once you came back from Japan, you went, right, I'm going to find a school. Was it Girders straight away? Did you, did you dabble with anyone else anywhere else nearby, or was it always Girders that you found? I had a good look about, and from what I could tell, um, the kind of better schools were in, in Glasgow, in Glasgow City Centre. So I applied to GPWA first, um, but because of the the COVID lockdown, they weren't they had nothing running, they couldn't run anything. So they sent us to Iron Girders, and I did my first one to one through Iron Girders, and my first one to one was with Jack Jester, who was actually coaching there, and um, very briefly. Um, and sort of similar thing to, to Jake, um, I got there, he came to the door wearing a hat, wearing a mask, and I had no idea who it was because um, they don't tell you who your coach is going to be. And then I, I was in the ring and it was really strange. You couldn't really do anything with anyone. You just had to work on like um, your roles and kind of wrestling fundamentals and things like that. And there was one point he took his mask off and I was like, whoa, I, I kind of realised who it was that was taking me for a, for a lesson. I was I, similar to Jake, I was... I was fairly aware of ICW. I was aware of the success. I knew the kind of main the main wrestlers there, but I didn't know too much about the kind of wider Scottish scene. Yeah. Okay, so so it's it's quite good that you guys pretty much had the same. Not only in your watching of wrestling, but your actual coming into wrestling is all is very similar, very mirrored. Uh, just similar to Jake as well. Uh, through my twenties, when I kind of fell out of wrestling, I was also heavily involved in music and a band as well. So we've got very very similar lives. Straight yeah. Through. Yeah, absolutely. So it makes, just makes all the sense in the world that you guys were either paired together or you was it just a case of you were put together and it seemed to work or did you guys get chatting about music, about your interests and suddenly you were like, okay, this guy, I could I could probably do something with. I guess yeah. in like early sessions we started to identify with each other as having like similar interests and obviously being a, a very being very close in age in a in an environment where the majority of guys were uh, younger than us starting out um not a lot of people start at the age that Bodie and I have um and we were training together a lot in uh, in Iron Girders and it was it was actually uh, Wolfgang um who first planted the idea of Brody and I starting a tag team um and he's not a man whose uh, advice and recommendations you ignore. So we, I went for it, and then the rest is history. It is, because when you guys kind of burst on, on onto the scene, uh, I've watched too many Michael Richards TikToks, it seems, but uh, uh, when you guys burst onto the scene, it, it was you're very much a well-established team, as in presentation-wise. Um, you were kind of matching gear, you the promos together it wasn't like it was two separate guys that were kind of coming together you were just a team as you entered um when you when you found out that well when you're kind of getting paired together through wolfgang did you consciously look for like, tag team inspiration or anything like that or was tag teams stuff you're interested in before even being a team yeah as soon as as soon as wolfgang suggested it and we, we you know we discussed the idea and we started taking it seriously um we were all in you know, yeah, we were we were a team. It wasn't just two guys that were together for convenience. Um, so we went all in and we planned for a long, long time, maybe eight, nine months before you ever seen us. We were planning yeah. 
everything, every single thing that you see, you see us present to you on social media, at shows, it's all carefully curated by us. Yeah, absolutely. And also add into the fact that we're being mentored by a guy like Wolfgang, who's had incredible, been an incredible tag team, has had incredible tag team success, um, sort of, and recently on sort of pretty much the highest level as well. So there wasn't really a better guy to go through those tag team fundamentals with. And and then to touch on your other point, Billy, um, I think to an extent, yeah, like I, I'd always looked up to tag teams. I'd always been really into tag teams when I started watching wrestling. New Age Outlaws are one of my favourite things on television for um, for that spell that they were like really at the top. And I remember when I first started getting into WWF, how big a deal the likes of, you know, New Age Outlaws, Hardys, Dudleys, Edge and Christian. Tag team wrestling when I first started watching was absolutely massive. Um and I certainly make a conscious effort now to watch as much of it as I can um, for for learning purposes. But yeah, so it's really a mix of both. You mentioned New Age Outlaws there, and I, I don't know what it is. When I see your kind of promo style, because, because Jake, you're you're very much the, the talker. You're the guy that, that has the way with the words. And, and yourself, Brody, you're, you kind of just stand in the back and, and look menacing. There, there, was, there was a kind of in the weirdest way, when I saw you guys, there was a New Age Outlaws kind of vibe there, and I couldn't put my finger on it totally, because of course it's not it's not Road Dog and Billy Gunn, it's a different kind of thing, but the dynamic seems to be kind of similar in the same vein. Um, but yeah, we brought up New Age, New Age Outlaws, so that, that just makes all the sense in the world, and we're, we're when it comes to tag team wrestling, because that's when I got into, into wrestling as well, so uh, it just take that out, there we go, right. Um, so yeah, it's just just absolutely perfect to to bring that up. So from that point onwards, arcade violence. How did that come about? The name itself. I think it was you, Brody, that we sort of threw a few names around, and I believe you put forward arcade violence. Yeah. So there was a there was a method I used, which I actually got from a band called Cancer Bats, who people might be familiar with. And this band, Cancer Bats, what they did was they had a, two bags. And they had one bag with a name of diseases and one bag with any with names of animals in them. So I did something similar and I, I had two lists of different words that were kind of around things we were interested in, you know, other things we discussed and arcade violence was what we settled on. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of works because you can do there's there's so many ways you can take from it with AV club as well, with the with the hand motions as well, because you can that that, that that stuff was actually kind of coincidental. That yeah, actually, that was just pure luck. The AV club thing and the hand signal. Um, we'd been obviously training for a long time, and we're trying to figure out things we can do, things we can things we can do when we enter the ring to make a statement, and that just came about just by total chance, total total chance. Yeah, it kind of like it made the it made the name sort of meant to be. You know that it sort of immediately felt. First of all, it immediately felt that it suited us really well. Um, like how the arcade aspect of it sort of is a little nod towards our generation and uh, a bit of a throwback, which is what we like to mirror our like our our style of tag team wrestling on. It's a little bit of a throwback, and uh, and then the fact that stuff started to come so easily, like we say, like the hand sign and the and the AV club and everything, it just sort of made it feel like the name was. Uh, was definitely meant to be settled on the right one. And I think the, the violence part of it, if I remember right, I think I wanted to use the word violence, but one of my favourite tag teams ever is Medical Violence Connection. And I thought it'd be really cool to kind of have a very tiny nod towards them. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about the interest in both music, both in bands as well. Uh, so, I mean, if if things had gone any other way, it could have been kind of that kind of related, but it's it's more more case of of like I said I like that I never thought about it being arcade being of our generation of going out and and getting the the big arcades up and hanging about and maybe bullying not me personally but bullying folk off arcades and stuff and causing uh and causing issues and violence and that's just, that's that's a thinker that's a thinker that I've I've realised it's become there um but yeah so let's talk about your music then both bands what's I'm I'm very I'm an old man when it comes to music. I like I like easy listening, bit of pop. That's that's all I've got. So I'm assuming it's a bit 
more heavier than that. Uh, but yeah, what's what's kind of what was your music style? Brody, you were way heavier than that, weren't you? Yeah, I was a guitarist in a stoner metal band. Um, yeah, and it's pretty, it's pretty much the, the beginning and end of what we were. We just dressed in black and played heavy music. <laughs> I was uh, the lead singer and second guitarist of a sort of alt-rock band. Um Probably most heavily influenced by people like Incubus and stuff like that. Uh, that was when I was I was living down in Leeds um, for about five years, uh, almost six years. So I don't remember all of it, but um, what I do remember was was pretty fun. Right. Okay. I'm get I'm getting the vibe. Of this. Yeah. So any <laughs> any any thoughts to to. Uh, bring that into our entrance at some point uh, or are you waiting for just a, a big stadium show, a big arena show before you guys get the guitars back out and do <laughs> your own entrance Yeah, that, that's an interesting thought, I don't know, I mean, I don't know about you Brody, I, I think I, my guitar is um, is at least semi-permanently uh, retired, I think um, largely because I keep messing up my hands, fighting people but um yeah, no, I don't know. I think that I think that the music related uh, stuff is is just for my ears only from this point on. I think. Yeah, I think I'm 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 done with that now as well. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I would recommend anyone to do it if they're interested in it. But I'm I'm past it now as well. Um, I've sold all my guitars. I'm very much kind of of the belief that someone should be playing them, so sold them all off. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's like it, with what we are aiming for in wrestling and the work that Brody and I have put in so far like up to this point it is sort of it doesn't in all honesty leave a lot of room for much else um obviously there's always real life going on and that has to be navigated but um it to use the cliche like it is very much um eat sleep and breathe pro wrestling um there's not a lot of space for for any anything else at the moment. Yeah, it's an industry that does consume your entire life. Um, if you're taking it anyway seriously at all, mm-hmm. yeah, I can I can sympathise with that. And I'm I'm not even the one getting punched. I'm just uh, at this <laughs> end writing stuff and typing stuff and and all that kind of thing and doing and doing this as well. It's it's you don't realise even at this kind of minor level for myself anyway. It it does consume so much. And where you guys have to keep yourself healthy and and make sure that you're eating right and trying to make sure you're doing unique stuff and or taking older stuff and try and make it new. It's I can't imagine a wrestler's brain going just haywire hundred percent three sixty five. It's just madness. Yeah. Um so we talked about how you got into training. Uh we talked about how you became a tag team. So let's get to the debut then. So it was about as this goes out about a year ago i think it was i've got september 2022 whether you yeah. did any shows around then like galas or showcases or anything but i've got your debut september 2022 as a mm-hmm. team what were your thoughts getting told you were going to have a match in front of a crowd and how you think of the match itself i'm oh god uh i'm pretty happy with the match as far as i can remember i've not thought about it for a long time i i feel like I'm sure you'll be the same, Brody. I feel like we would maybe watch it now and look like, or feel like we're watching different people. Um, yeah, it was, I enjoyed the match. Yeah, it was it was good fun. Um, the Angarders crowd is always is always pretty loud. Um, we were facing one of their favourites, and Martin McAllister. Um, it was Mark McAllister and Jan the Slavic one. Um, so yeah, it went well. We we got the victory, so no complaints. Yeah. I really like Iron Girder's setup and shows. I've seen a couple of them on YouTube now, and it, it's, it's uh yeah. There's 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 a really rabid crowd and a really good dedicated crowd as well. Um, was that the first, the first IGPW show? That was it? No, or... I think that was six or seven. The first one was uh, was the first one Scotty Too Hot. No, and um, Eric Young. Oh, that's right, Eric Young. I and that that would have been, I think, March of that year, February or March of that year. 
Yeah, a, a good host would have had that information in front of me, but Cage Match just has it as IGPW. Uh, I know that's not right. They, they number them now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so I mean, that's, that's still a dedicated crowd. So they, they, they're they up for seeing some wrestling. That's that's pretty much the vibe I get from watching it online. They're, they're not, like to be introduced to new faces and, yeah. and see what they're like. So yeah, like I yeah. say, you, you had your match against Janis Lavikbon and, and Martin McAllister. Very big fan favorites so does that kind of make your was that pressure off you a little bit in that first match because you knew that everyone loved martin anyway you could just be bad bastards for 10 minutes i guess it was a little bit it's also um it's also the fact that by that point we were already so comfortable uh, working in Iron Girders, like not necessarily in front of a crowd, but that was very much our home from home. Um, so I think that was a big deal at the time. Uh, and also going in against two guys who are not a natural tag team made us pretty confident that we would come out on top even at that early stage. So that was also a bonus. But We were pretty angry going into that match as well in the show four, Jake wrestled Martin McAllister and Martin McAllister broke Lawless's hand. So we we had a score to settle on that one. We did have a score to settle, so uh, yeah, that was that. Um, interesting you said about, about going against Jan and Martin not being a, an actual team. Um, I was speaking to an episode that hasn't gone out yet as we're recording with Stephen Air Miles of uh, Fair City Saints mm-hmm. and he was pointing out that it's it's so different when you're facing two guys that are put together and then it becomes like a walk, not a walk in the park, but it becomes so much smoother when you're facing guys that are an actual tag team. So quite early on, you were in the ring with, with the young team, uh, who it's a sore point at this point because this is the day after Fight Club, but they teamed up a lot more. So did you find there was a difference going in the ring with a team that had more cohesive moves, had a move set that was more suited to tag team wrestling? And oh, you for- find it was a bit more enjoyable even to, to wrestle in. The thing about, I mean, I don't know if I would use the word enjoyable when talking about the young team, but the thing about them is that although, yeah, they are the young team, they are young guys. And a lot of people maybe don't realise that in spite of that, they've been doing this for, what, like a decade, Brody? Yeah, I think Logan has wrestled for a decade, yeah. Aye, for a decade. So, I mean, they have experience. They have an experience level already at their age that a lot of people who go into this never actually reach. And the thing about the young team is they're they have that experience level, but because of their age, they're so quick as well. They're like they're they're almost like a cheat code in that respect because you shouldn't have that. You shouldn't still have that pace, that speed of movement but also have that experience level but because they started so ridiculously young they do have it that's where we've found the challenge in facing them people might look at us on the poster against the young team and think we're the most experienced team we're actually not at that point yet we're more experienced in life we're more grizzled we're a bit more rough around the edges but the young team have the experience and the pace and up until this point they've continued to get the better of us in terms of like dealing with the chemistry it's starting to, as we have more and more matches, and I don't know if you'd agree with this, Brody, it is starting to, the feeling being in the ring against two single guys that have been put together and then going in with an established tag team, like, the feeling is getting further and further apart. It is a wildly, at least for me, it is a wildly different experience. You, when you've got two singles in there, you can fluster them really easily. They uh, They don't really know what to expect when they face a tag team that cares about being a tag team. Um, We use each other, you know, to our own benefit. When you're facing a team like the young team, you have to be careful because they're always looking for that tag. They're always trying to get the fresh man in. When you're facing two singles, they don't have that instinct. And that's something you can can manipulate very easily. You you also have to, like, I don't think anyone would argue that anyone who goes into pro wrestling, and not also the fact that we've been in like music, it's a similar industry in this sense. There's always going to be like a little bit of ego that you're trying to feed all the time, and whether that's with uh, like a bit of arrogance in the ring in an isolated moment, or whether it's about getting the win. There's that little bit of ego you're trying to feed, but 
when you go into being an established tag team, you learn to kind of put that to one side and it it becomes instead about the collective ego of the tag team. Two singles guys who have been put in a team together for a match, they don't have that. They have the two separate egos and they can sometimes sort of clash and work against each other. And you're not really looking out for your partner in the same way or like Brody says, you're not looking out for that tag. You're not immediately thinking, oh, this guy's here to help. So it becomes really easy to break them up in the ring, you know? If, yeah, if, if something happens to one of us, we're both out of work. So we have yeah. to look at each other, whereas two singles don't have that to worry about. Yeah, for sure. I suppose it's, when you look at the facility you have available at Iron Girders, of course you have Wolfgang, who um, a lot of his stuff will be, will be kind of over video now because of, because of being NXT. But when you look at the rest of the team there that operate in Iron Girders or host classes there, you've got BT Gunn, who is infamous as a tag team wrestler with like Stevie Xavier and, and what have you. Yep. So he's got that experience. You've got Jester, who... Uh, who's who's been a tag team champion with the likes of, of Shah Samuels and I think he was champion with Wolfgang for a bit somewhere uh, as well and then even with that you've got Luke King Sharp who hosts once a week who's had many tag team exploits and, and has such an amazing brain for wrestling it's you're probably one of the best places when it comes to tag team wrestling to learn because you have so many people that have or, and Molly as well, Molly Spartan uh, he, he does a bit there as well as part of the She-Wolves. So it seems to be if you wanted to do tag team wrestling, Girder seems to be a good spot to try and try and get into and, and pick up a, a thing or two at. I genuinely don't think there's a better school in the world for tag team wrestling. Um, with where Wolfgang is, who he is being coached by, you know, that's directly getting fed to us, um, by, yeah. whether it's by video call, whether it's by message. Um, Steve, you mentioned Stevie Boy, he was also a coach in Anger just for a while. Um, Kaylee Ray was also a coach in Anger just for a while. Um, and obviously BT Gunn, he's the he's the main man there now. And he is he's a magician when it comes to, to all kinds of wrestling. He is an incredible coach. And obviously he's maybe in the, the most famous Scottish tag team within the Scottish scene in NAK of all time. So he's a hell of a yeah. from as well. He's, he's just above all else legitimately a, a world-class talent. It's um, he's utterly ridiculous, and also you've got Kez Evans at Iron Girders, and him and him and BT have their axe to grind with ICW and are teaming up together in order to in order to do that. So they're also it's, they've sort of just become instantly one of the most formidable tag teams in the country because of their individual talent, but now they're putting it like putting it together and working as a team. Um and Iron Girders um posted the other day about the tag teams, the tag team division and they mentioned KOE also train at Iron Girders. Yeah. Um yeah those guys those guys don't get enough credit for for who and what they are as well. Yeah, absolutely. And a team that we've not faced yet. Um but I'm sure that we will at some point down the line and that'll be that'll be a really interesting match. But um but like Brody said, yeah, it's also the fact that uh, Wolfgang just has a respect for tag team wrestling that um, maybe not every wrestling coach has, uh, and that's filtered all the way through Iron Girders, um, which yeah has made a huge difference. So, as a, as a coach as well with Wolfgang, he takes his coaching role very seriously. Um, which is something worth mentioning. Even in his current position, we still hear from him after every match. He'll ask how it goes, you know, give us feedback. He, he watches the matches back. Um, his his um, his coaching is absolutely absolutely invaluable to us. I was I was seeing the the photos going up of of uh, this people just appearing on the the hard cam that was getting video called through to to Wolfgang. It's just yeah, <laughs> even even however many miles away, at least more than ten miles away. He's able to, to keep an eye on you guys and and uh, give you a little bit of feedback, which looks say is invaluable. Uh, we mentioned all those oh, te yeah. tag teams, though. We mentioned all those teams, but there's one team he didn't mention, and I think this is a very important team in your in your relatively short career so far that we need to to make mention of, and it's uh, Rabu Romero and Mikey Devine of Casino Brutal. Did we not mention Brutal? That's terrible, man. That's, that's, that's not that's not like us not to mention them. They, they they will not be happy, but are they ever? Um. So so, 
when you guys kind of you you were I was enjoying your your work and everything. I really enjoy casino brutals kind of promo work, and as I'm enjoying um you guys as well as as I see it, because I think social media is such an important thing for not only fans to go in, but for me as well, because I don't know who you guys are, and unless I see a promo video, that's that's pretty much it. But Deadpool Danger was an amazing concept, but unfortunately, you guys uh, drew the short straw on it. Uh, so Deadpool Danger, Brody, you were the one who got pinned and had to to change the name. Uh, yeah, thoughts on the on the actual concept, the match, and just how did you come up with a uh, a new name? Uh, you know, maybe you know Jake mentioned ego earlier on, and I think Deadpool Danger was a a match where maybe my ego went a bit too far, and I paid the price for that. You know, I suggested a, a stipulation um, and left up to Casino to decide, and that's what they chose. We had Casino originally wanted to make the stipulation that whoever got pinned would have their new name chosen for them by the winning team. But we had to, we, we contacted uh, Wolfgang and we said that we absolutely refused to to agree to that stipulation. We were confident that we were going to get the win. That was foolish. But there was no way we were letting two absolute jackasses choose what either one of us was going to be called moving forward. So <sighs> there's a sad moment, but uh, we move on. And now Jake Lawless and Brody Turnbull, that's that's arcade violence and that is what we are what we are known as. And it's uh, it's worked out as a much better fit. So I guess the joke is on casino as it often is so did, did you get the two two pots out again and show and had first name last names and just picked it from there um, kind of yeah something like that something like that well i will say that night we learned a lot about casino that night and um i feel like we've rated those wrong since but it was mikey divine that pinned me and um we learned with mikey divine never never count that guy out he will fight until until he can't move I think you see that um, really clearly in our match with them at the Shug's House Party pre-show. Mikey Devine would just not... I mean, we were we were laying into that guy for relentlessly for what felt like a lifetime and he just would not stop getting up. And then when he does get to Rabu and Rabu comes in and he's quick and he hits hard... Um, that was actually a bit of a brutal match. Uh, the young team ended up taking advantage of the fact that we'd gone through that before our title match with them. So it's been a pretty bruising, what, eight days, seven or eight days? Yeah. Um, well, that's where I was kind of leading to eventually with with, uh, with Casino Brutal. Rabu has asked in the, in the Twitter comments here, just asking them why him and Mikey were tagged in this post and this is why, because I think they're along with them and you know, the young team. They're a very important tag team to your first twelve months uh, in in developing as a as a unit. Um, but you did you had a match in the pre-show of ICW Shug's House Party. So previously you'd, you'd been on on some asylum, but a couple of asylum tapings or just at least one uh, asylum taping as a three I think before that. So you've been a few asylum tapings. People will, would have known in the crowd generally who you were, but this is your first, and, and obviously it being on Fight Club Plus as well. Uh, Fight Plus, whatever. Uh, very confusing. But Shug's House Party 8 against against uh, Casino Brutal, number one contendership match in the pre-show. That's, that's like one of the first or second match of the night in a big kind of pay-per-view uh, extravaganza for ICW. You know, we talk about pressure. You say no ego between you and, and all that. It must be a little bit of extra pressure on that kind of night of a bigger crowd in in the garage, a famed venue for ICW. Yeah, I don't know if Brody and I fully like we knew. Obviously, it was a big deal. I don't think anyone fully understands what what that is like walking out at an ICW event at the garage. You you can't fully know what it's like until you walk through that entranceway. Um, 
it was just a totally different uh, a, a totally different level from what we've experienced uh, so far. Um, it, I mean, it is a special place. How, how did you compare it, Brody? You said it was like the Scottish wrestling's equivalent to... Hi, uh, yeah. So we were going over the match with Wolfgang, and I said it's the Scottish equivalent of the Corican Hall in Tokyo. It is a special, special place for wrestling in Scotland. Uh, yeah. It's a large venue. It's a beautiful venue when it's set up. Um, and, you know, the pressure of that moment is, is pretty intense. Yeah, having the people up on the um, people up in the balcony, it's just it adds a totally different dimension. Um, and the so, people backstage as well watching. I mean, it's not lost on us. You know, people like Damo are backstage watching those monitors. You yeah, have to, you have to prove that you belong on a card with someone like that, and um, yeah. that's a that's a lot of pressure. That's right, yeah, along with the usual, like, Mark Dallas, Jack Jester, Rudo's back there, you know, all the current champions. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it was quite something. We were, uh, we did our job on the night, or we did our job in that match, um, but it's not something that we will forget soon, and it's also, it's it's pretty a pretty addictive feeling. Once you've experienced that once, you know that that's where you that's where you want to be back at, you know. Um, so that's what we've got to work towards. And then from that point, you appeared on the actual main show itself. Chris Bungard and Paul Craig had to relinquish titles for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Um, mm -hmm. Rudo came out with the belts, and somehow, some way, you ended up in a match with the young team uh, for the titles itself on a big event for ICW. So your first kind of, however they call it, pay per view, PLE. Uh, Again, in a title match, big pressure, big moment. So not only did you have your first match at the garage, but you also had your second uh, on the same night. So licking your wounds, coming into it, and then obviously young team taking advantage to it. Um, was was that a moment where you thought arcade violence had made it as a team? Or did you have that feeling beforehand? Where's, where was your kind of mindset as a team at that point? Well, I think there was maybe a bit of... Uh... Again, I go back to ego. There was maybe a bit of ego, a bit of naivety through sort of being less experienced. I think after that casino match, which was a bit of a battle, obviously we're on top of the world. We've become number one contenders. This freak opportunity opens up and we, I just picked up the microphone and we went out and took that chance. Um, we had as much of a right to be in a title match than anyone else after that after that match with Casino Brutal. But hindsight, yeah, maybe going into a title match against the young team when they're fresh and we are not, we're not operating at 100%. Maybe that was bravado, a little bit foolish. It's a massive learning curve. Um, and I don't know in terms of whether like we feel like we've made it. I, I feel, I don't know if you'd agree, Brody, I think, like, I think we feel like we are at the level that we want to be at right now, but we're sort of just beginning to scratch the surface, I think, in the overall sense. Yeah, I don't think, this is just, this is just level one, so to speak, we've, we've barely begun, we're still, we still feel like we're finding ourselves, finding our feet in this industry. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think we've done well to be where we are at this point after only 10, 11 months. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't think we've made it yet. I also, I heard a rumour backstage at Shugs that the reason Paul Craig and Chris Bungard didn't show up is because we won the number one contender match. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all now with their, with their fake fighting. Uh, yeah. So, so from, from that, why am I picking fights with them? Um, so <laughs> from, from that point onwards, so, young team, that kind of match, it shugs is your kind of mini boss to start off with, and then um, you, you recover and recuperate and, and ride again. And uh, another company that you're working with or, or will be working with, you made a couple appearance at Pro 2 already for Bro, uh, Brew Station at the time. That was back in March. Uh, a homecoming of sorts for, for you guys as a team, and you're going back again for the tag titles in October. Uh, so, mm -hmm. must be. Again, 
I don't want to keep going on about oh, it must be like you're you're leveling leveling up as you said or or anything, but being able to wrestle in uh, a place where you you can call home, um, must be a little bit of a just an added bonus of of being in that kind of match. I don't know what the question is. If you can figure out a question from there, that'd be great. For, I mean, for me, the the event being at Troon Town Hall, obviously I'm from, uh, I was born in Urban Central, which doesn't even have a maternity ward anymore. That sort of shows my age. But um, I was uh, brought up in Troon. Um, I, I went to school there, left when I was 17, but my family are all still in Troon. Uh, so... Uh, Troon Town Hall is where I had my first gig in my first band. It's where I went to Christmas dances um, in secondary school. So it is legitimately, uh, with no exaggeration, an extremely special place to me. It has a very, very special uh, spot in my heart. It's linked to some extremely significant life moments for me. So being able to go back there, um, calling myself a pro wrestler and having Brody beside me and representing Arcade Violence and representing Iron Girders Gym and the the time that we spent at GPWA as well. Um, it is extremely special. Uh, that being said, we are up against um, guys who are an established tag team, are champions for a reason. Uh, they have a size advantage, which actually in the Scottish scene for Brody and I is quite rare to be on that side of things. Um, they also have an age advantage, which again for Brody and I is quite unusual. So it's a completely new experience for us Um and for me, high emotion, and obviously Brody's not from Trun, but from literally as close as you can be to Trun without being in Trun itself. Yeah, I'm from I'm from the next town over Prestwick, which there two towns are pretty much attached. So I've been to I've been to gigs in the concert hall myself, and as Jake said, it would be it would be a very special homecoming for us. Mm. When you say that as well, it it must be weird because most of the time when you're wrestling, you're you're not looking for any fun fanfare or, or fan favourites, you're you're quite comfortable getting booed and Ryan Lip crowd, but a match like that against the Alliance, Adam Shame and Sweeney, you'll be you'll be the, the hometown boys. You'll be the hometown favourite. So uh do you kind you block out the fans a little bit when you're wrestling when it comes to that? Do you just do the job that you are set out to do or will emotion possibly come into play in that kind of match? I think it so Brody and I aren't really looking for any acceptance from anyone other than other than the people who have helped us get to this position, which, um, you know, is a is a decent sized list of people that have given us the advice and mentored us and trained us to get to this place. Beyond that, we don't need people's acceptance or support. I think that being said, Brody and I were talking about this last night. There are people who like what we do and want to see us succeed to a certain extent that is out of our control. It just, but it is important that we acknowledge that those people are out there and that um, it does it does mean a lot. And in certain situations and certain shows, and I think the Troon one will probably fall into this category, um, it does make what we're doing Pretty special at times. Uh, I guess you. I, I think you would agree with that, Brody. Yeah, um, for the most part, yeah. And um, when it comes to you know working in Glasgow and ICW, I couldn't care less what the idiots in the crowd think. That they don't mean anything to me. I don't think they mean anything to Jake. Um, when we go back home, when we go to Troon, maybe a little bit of emotion comes in. Maybe I'm a little bit more emotional than Jake. You know, those are our people. Those are the people we grew up with. If um, if Coach and Sweeney, you know, try and try and play up to them, maybe we'll react. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So that was a uh, pro two through our questions, just asking. I look forward to hearing what you you guys are going to say about the upcoming matches. But pro two is in our company that's really uh, on its way up. It seems at the moment with since since the pandemic in general, it's it's been a it was an odd time. Uh, you guys came into wrestling at that point as as actual trying to get into the business itself. So 
Um, yeah. I don't know if that helped you, to be honest. Like, you, you immediately got one-to-one sessions with Jester and Wolfgang. Uh, and then during the rest of that time, you kind of just had to watch wrestling and study it. Uh, did you feel that that helped you? I mean, you wouldn't have known any other way at that point, but do you feel like having that one-to-one so early on, did that help you guys kind of get the basics down so you could kind of mesh them together later? Yeah, it probably did. Um, as pretty much with what you said, we had to do one to ones. There was no other option. And then when the when the rules started relaxing a bit, they would go from one to ones to two two to ones. And um, there was a there's a small a small core group of us that train together, still train together to this day. With uh, some of the other guys that are on the scene, we'll get together with a coach and we will just train for a few hours on any given day. And having smaller groups. Does certainly help. You can focus more on, you know, your weaknesses and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think, like you say, Billy, like we came in not really knowing any, knowing it to be any other way or having any preconceived notion of what it was going to be like. But in hindsight, looking at how it is now, now that that's all, all the COVID stuff uh, is has settled down. Um, training in small groups is still is still my favourite way to train as well. Um, but we, yeah, I think looking back at it, we were extremely lucky to get such um, focused attention from coaches. Um, but it was it, it was a weird time. It kind of it kind of felt like the industry was slightly on its knees after. I mean, there was various things, but it went through a few hard years, and then. Uh, and then COVID was brutal for everyone and, and, and most industries, really. Um, I think iron girders played an extremely important part in keeping certain people's momentum going and in making uh, new trainees uh, feel uh, like a priority and feel important in the system. I think it was um, it was big for that. I know that Iron Girders through the lockdown sort of uh, uh, relied a little bit on these new guys coming in and doing the one to ones. Um, that is at the end of the day a business, just like everything else. So, yeah, weird, weird time though. Thinking back to it now, absolutely. And you mentioned right at the start saying people did did things that they may not have thought of, like you guys thought, hey, I'm going to become, I'm going to try wrestling because what what's be as well at this point i'm going to try it mm. which are i did podcasting and that seemed to be a thing that everyone did at the same time as well so it's it's uh yeah it's just trying to find a the best way to move forward um so before sure. we move on to the rest of the questions that we got through instagram and through twitter uh, and as my everything in my my desktop is popping up saying that something's not working i hate technology um the last thing I want to bring up is you wrestled at Comic Con, and by the sounds of it, that seems like a, a not maybe not a bucket list thing, but something that that you were able to pop on the bucket list very quickly and take it off at the same time. Um, is is that again? Am I right in thinking that what was it like wrestling in front of a, the potential, like potential hundreds, potential thousands of people that will see you wrestle that day? What was it like wrestling at Comic Con? Yeah, that was a that was a big one for us. Um, you know, obviously we mentioned we were both involved in music for a long time, and in a strange way, wrestling has ticked off things for me on my bucket list that I wanted to achieve through music. So performing at the garage, and then with Comic Con performing at the SEC, which is yeah. in any industry is an achievement, you know. So um, it was a yeah, it was a hell of a couple of days at Comic Con. It was it was bizarre to walk out into the SEC and perform, but it was an incredible experience. That was so soon after we became attacked. Was that just after our debut match? I think it was a week later, yeah. After our debut match, I remember Brody and I walking in to the SEC with our with our gear in hand and stuff. And just yeah, it was a bit of a surreal, surreal moment to um to go through. But yeah, that was a really special weekend, actually. Um but yeah, I would say it definitely was a bucket list thing. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun that weekend and a really nice atmosphere. So back onto the uh, we'll get the, the Twitter questions up and then I can finish with the Instagram ones so I can 
look at my phone like I'm really old man. Uh, Westy has asked, if given the choice out of any promotion from anywhere in the world, which dream tag team would you most like to face and what would your ideal stipulation be? I mean, there's there's a couple of different answers here, so I'll give you I'll give you a couple. Um, for purely personal reasons, it would be Wolfgang and uh, Mark Coffey. Um, just to we've trained with Wolfgang enough times to know what kind of a competitor he is, but to really test ourselves against our head coach would be a hell of a, a hell of an honor. To be honest, I would just I would love to go in there and give my fight and show him who we really are, because I think the only way to find out is by wrestling someone. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as people that I like currently in wrestling, I would love to wrestle Chris Brooks and Masa Takanishi from DDT. Chris Brooks currently had the big belt over there, um, but he is a guy that made his career as a tag team wrestler as well um, in many different prom- promotions all over the world. Um, I think he's a, he's a good example of where, where hard work in the British indie scene can take you. I've got a lot of respect for him, so I would love to wrestle him in Mass Attack and Ishii. Yeah, I, I would agree with I'm with Brody on the first one as well. I think uh, going up against Gallus, um, that would be pretty special for the reasons that Brody listed. And I'll just add in the little extra of uh, making it in a cage, just because because Wolfgang in a cage would probably be the single most terrifying thing that I've gone through in my life so far. And I think after that, everything would feel like a walk in the park. So, uh, Did he not do that at the Hydro? Did he not have a cage match at the Hydro? Yeah. I think he did, so. Um, so let's do that. For me, I'm actually going to go, I don't know if, I don't know if Westy was wanting to include, you know, tag teams from the past, but I, the first thing that came to mind is, it's very simple and arguably a little bit basic, but, Give us uh, New Age Outlaws in a ladder match because I've always loved tag ladder matches and they were the first tag team that I genuinely loved uh, seeing on television. Absolutely popped for every time they appeared on my screen. So that's my second one. I'll give you I'll give you one that might be possible that we would both love. Um, we're not the kind of guys that would you know tweet at people on social media or put on Instagram who want to wrestle, but a tag team in the UK that we do want to wrestle and we think is possible is Lycos, Jim. Yeah. Um, those guys are absolutely incredible. And Kid Lycos is a guy that probably doesn't get the respect he deserves in the, the British independent scene. So we would love to wrestle Lycos, Jim. Yeah. Excellent. So kind of following on from that, uh, Gaz Williams put top five tag teams you want to face. So I would, I would say that maybe more I know, possible ones. So... I mean, New Age Outlaws, not impossible, but uh, more of a case of is there any, in, in Scotland, is there anyone uh, or England that, that you want to get outside of Lycos Gym uh, in the ring? doesn't have to be I five. Number <laughs> one would be Lycos Gym in the UK for me. Yeah, and I would like to add immediately um, BT Gun and Kez Evans because they're making a habit of coming out in ICW shortly after we've had a match and never while we're in full swing in the ring. So I'd like to examine why that's their timing. Maybe get them uh, two on two in the ring would be nice. Um, never faced KOE. I would like to face KOE. I think they've been at the top of the tag team scene quite rightly for a long time. Uh, and that would also be a different experience for us, much like this match in Troon. You know, they actually, they certainly both have a size advantage on me. Um they're extremely capable athletes. Uh, they can do pretty remarkable stuff. So, you yeah, we the, the Fair City Saints as well. They're guys from the other side of the country we'd like to face. Um, yeah. We've got limited experience on the on the East Coast. We went over and wrestled um, Frank Gallo yeah. and the lads that are now calling themselves the Meat what Factory. Meat Factory. Yeah. Meat Factory. I get mixed up because of Meat Wagon. Um, yeah. We would like to wrestle those guys again um, in a straight tag team match. That was a six man. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, like, like we were saying really early on, right now Scotland is is very lucky when it comes to tag team wrestling. All sides of the country, north, west, east. I don't know about south. What kind? I don't know what counts as the south. Uh, but yeah, so we're very lucky that way. Um, so we've got Judas Gray who is asked two questions. People you want to wrestle as a team, we've already covered that one, and as singles, as you put in that as well. So 
a little bit of different because you guys are as at the moment you're a career tag team. But is there anyone that you'd want to get in with one on one? I'd like to wrestle Judas Gray. I seen him wrestle um a wrestle carnival last last year. He wrestled one of the um, he wrestled is it Rob Stowe, his name is? Rob Stowe. Yeah. He wrestled him and Judas Gray looked incredible. And I think he's doing really well for himself. And I think he's a name that is going to be a, appearing in a lot of promotions all over the UK over the next couple of years. I think he's absolutely superb. And I think your favourite wrestler is Aspen Faith. Am I, am I right in saying that? That is the rumour. Yes, it is. Uh, um, favorite. <laughs> I like Aspen Faith as well. I've been a fan of his for a long time. I think um, it'd be cool to wrestle Aspen. And I'm not opposed to deathmatch wrestling either. So I know Aspen's a man that has uh, a bit of a history of that. I want a match with the wee man because I'm sick to death of him ripping me apart on a microphone and then leaving the ring and letting the young team do his bidding. So give me the wee man in a lumberjack match and I choose all the lumberjacks and then we'll see how funny he is. What a choice. Amazing. And the last question he asked was places you want to wrestle to. So you mentioned East Coast, but is there any promotions that you have your eye on, like a wrestle carnival or, or anything like that? For sure, yeah. North for me is is right near the top of the list. I think they're doing amazing stuff at the moment. Their card is always stacked, full of talent. That show they did recently where they were in a bigger venue for what I believe, and I'm sorry if this is ignorance, but what I believe was the first time in a in a venue that size. Um, I, I just think they're doing great work. Uh, the fans that go to those shows always look like they're having the time of their lives, and uh, it's also not that far down the road. So... Um, yeah, I would love to work in. I would love for Arcade Violence to work in North for sure. Yeah, and Scotland Discovery is one we would love to work for. Um, I mean, a couple of Discovery shows over the years. Uh, so they're, they're really cool. A cool company to work for. Yeah, uh, down south, North TNT Attack. All the yeah. ones that come up, but they kind of Solve Pro as well, who are um, obviously fairly new in the scene. But I think Solve Pro are, are doing some really, really cool stuff. Um. So, yeah, there's actually a wealth, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely mentioned that, that, that not only the tag team scenes coming up, but after, yeah, after everything that happened, um, pandemic and what have you, there was this lull, and it seems to really starting to pick up now with companies like Solve Pro and North doing so well, and, uh, of course, Discovery being one of probably one of the top three companies in, in, in possibly the UK, but certainly Scotland. Uh, there's plenty of places to go and it's just navigating the best place for arcade violence I suppose for you for you guys where what will uh, showcase yourselves the best um really? you have listened to this show in the past or, or I hope you've at least listened to one you know what the last two questions are probably going to be uh, before we do the old social media stuff uh, we ask everyone two of the most stupidest questions I've ever asked and we've asked it from everyone from Gaz Williams to Scotty Tohoy. Uh, what's your favourite dinosaur? Dinosaur. I always like the uh, the Stegosaurus. I'm thinking of the right one. One of those. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I believe that's a herbivore as well, right? It is. And it's so it's just this like gentle guy that happens to have massive plates down his spine. I just think it's really. I think it's really cool. It's an it's an iconic dinosaur. So yeah, Stegosaurus. What's the what's the one with the big club tail? Is that an Ankylosaurus? I think is. Do you think after I've asked this question about 150 times, yeah. I would know what dinosaurs are? I'm kind of I'm working on just very primary school level, but I think that's I an think Ankylosaurus. That, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, like it's hunched over on the ground, quite low down, but with a big tail. Yeah, I'll go with that. That, that suits you. I have images of you doing the Polish hammer. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. And the last question we ask is, uh, what would win in a fight? Two sheep or one cow? Oh, two sheep. Oh, I was going to go for the cow. Right. Oh, controversial. Yeah. 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 Any, any workings with that? Or you, it's gut feeling? I just think... I like they're all they're both pretty awkward animals but i think a cow is pretty awkward with its maneuverability and i think the sheep would sort of run circles around it a wee bit just like right. not legs if, if we could get the cow to the top of a hill and it gets some speed i think it's i think it's over i think yeah i think it's going through the sheep 
Oh, I love this question. It never gets boring. Uh, but perfect. We've, I think we've, we've covered quite a lot of arcade violence history, and I'm sure in the future we'll get you back on when you've got some belts as well. Uh, that'll, I mean, could be could be by the end of the year. Um, so fingers crossed. But thank you very much for taking the time to to speak to me today. Um, plug your plug your social media. Who wants to to plug all their links? Yeah, you go first, Brody. You're better at it than I am. Yeah, uh, best place to catch us is on Instagram. It's certainly where we're the most active. Um, uh, I am Turnbull PW. And where are you, Lawless? I'm a Lawless underscore wrestler, I believe. And on Twitter or X, if you want to call it that, I believe it's without the underscore. It's just Lawless Wrestler. But I'm, I am on Twitter and I share and repost the right stuff, but I'm not very active on there. I don't think it's a particularly healthy place. So uh, way more active on Instagram. We've got good content on there. You'll always hear about the matches. You'll see the content that we put out pretty regularly. So, yeah, that'd be the best place. Yeah, Instagram's the best place to find us. Yeah, Twitter's horrible. Uh, it's a it's a wretched uh, hive of scum and villainy and only place yep. that I'm fairly active in. Uh, but anyway, yeah, thank you very much for, for speaking to me today. Looking forward to seeing what you guys do. And, and by the time this episode comes out, like I say, you, you could be champions. You, you mean you're on your way to uh, that match with, with the Alliance, so who knows? But yeah, thanks again. We'll see you, man. Thanks, really appreciate it. Thanks for having us.